Hey everyone, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast. This is episode number 18, and I have my buddy Greg Williams uh, with me today. How's it going, Greg? Hey Steve, it's uh, it's going all right. There's a lot of stuff happening in the, in the world and, and locally, but um, I'm I'm well. How are you? Right on. Good man, I'm good. I, I no complaints, man. Um, so so Greg, you're coming to us today with 17 years in the industry, uh, eight of them being in management, and now an executive management uh, uh, for Valley Water as an assistant officer of operations. And so you've had a, a great run so far, man. You're you're young, um, got a lot of energy. I'm sure this is definitely not the last position you're going to hold in your career. I'm sure you got a lot of great plans for your for your future and for yourself. And so, can you share with us um, your journey, how you got into the industry, and kind of what's worked, what hasn't worked, and uh, kind of how you've gotten here today? Yeah, um, sure. I'll um, kind of. I, first, I want to thank you, Steve, for uh, asking me to be on. I appreciate what you're, what you've been doing in in the industry and the, and the visibility you've given it, and the just the uh, the voice and the um, the position you've you've made out of, of being an influencer for, which is kind of an obscure kind of hidden industry, right? I mean, unless there's some type of main break or your water goes out um, or there's a, there's, there's a big contamination issue, you know, water issues and the folks who, men and women who do that work, they're not always um, noticed. So I, I, I got to thank you, man. And, and uh, tell you my gratitude for what you've been able to do uh, in a short time with, with just the, the media and, and the visibility in the industry. So thank you. Uh, no, absolutely, man. It's uh, we're all, you know, when I, and that's that's kind of why I always say brother, like, hey, brother, or like, you know, when the when the ladies start to follow the page, it's like, hey, sister, how's it going? You know, because we're all we're all related, you know, we all have the same kind of struggles. We're all, you know, trying to accomplish the same goals in our systems and stuff. So, you know, really, we're all like, we're no one's better, no one's less. We're all like standing next to each other in this in this uh, in the, in this industry, and it's it's really exciting to see it you know, across the board with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, so going back to Valley water, I'm, I'm the assistant operating officer for the treated water division. And, um, under the treated water division, we have four treatment plants. Um, three of them are conventional. One is, um, an advanced purification center with RO and microfiltration. Uh, we also have a state accredited lab, uh, the district as a whole serves the whole uh, kind of the South Bay area, um, you know, up to 2 million customers. We're a wholesaler that uh, sends water to city of San Jose, Milpitas, San Jose Water Company, um, Santa Clara, Mountain View, Sunnyvale. And, and uh, we have um, operating contracts with Gilroy and Morgan Hill on the recycle side of water. So um Large agency, a lot of bureaucracy, but I started back here in April and um, I'm enjoying it. But um, I my initial start was in 2003 with the city of Vallejo and um, that was as an operator in training. And um, this is right around when the Internet started taking off. But back then, and I don't know if you remember this, you probably do. So, so I'm, you know, we're both uh, dating ourselves, but uh, you would look through you would look for jobs 
on the newspaper. You would go in the back and they had this section called the classifieds. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I've been looking through those since I was like 15 years old. And I think I was 19. I was working in retail at Home Depot and looking through the paper. And, and City of Vallejo said a treatment plant operator something and, uh, or operator in training. And I was like, well, what is that? Um, I didn't, didn't really, you know, they have, they have these job applications or these class classified ads and there's, it's in this little tiny box. I mean, it's probably inch by an inch. Right. Yeah. And it just tells you just very little. <laughs> and then, uh, so you go somewhere, you apply in a paper form and, and that was kind of it for me. And, and, uh, didn't expect them to call me, but I was like, Hey, I, you know, I meet the minimum qualifications and, uh, um, got asked to take like a big uh, civil service test. I think that's what they're called. And there was like hundreds of people there. Um, I'm definitely one of the youngest in that room. There was even city workers in there trying to, I guess, transfer over to the water department. Um, Passed that test, obviously. And then I I just, I got a call about an interview and um, I didn't, I, I, Someone had taken the message for me at my house and uh, someone told me when I got home that they wanted me to call them back and they asked me to interview and I and I was uh, surprised. But I was I also looked at it at that moment, not really knowing what it was that I was going to try. I was going to try as hard as possible or do the best I can to land this interview, whatever this job was. And, you know, so that was that was the very beginning of that. Right on, yeah. the cla- the classifieds, right? <laughs> like, in, like you said, it was an inch by an inch, and you saw it, right? And it's uh, you in the scene, it would have a whole different story now, right? Yeah, I was just scanning it, and I think, um, you know, we I grew up in a t- I grew up in Plano, and um, you know, there wasn't in 1996 a, a naval base closed down there, and it it went through its own um, version of its own kind of depression and recession, and you know, when the economy hurt globally or nationally we you know we were probably even a worse state and you weren't around a lot of professionals um they were blue collar folks or folks who commuted to uh san francisco to work and so you didn't a a job where i'm kind of going with that is that like a job there would be like a safe job would be like a municipal job so a city job or a police officer or someone's a nurse or something like that those were the kind of prospects that we had at that time yeah. And Vallejo had some financial troubles back back in the day too, right? I think you probably were, were before that because I know they went through some stuff when the economy no, was, that was there. That was my Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I think I was I was going to say it wasn't around 2008 or something like that or Yeah, that was my that was I was in I was there through all of that. And so here I am. And um that's a good segue to my first 4 years of my career. Here I am. Um, operator in training. I, I get there the first day of my my job, and and I'm like, what is this? I didn't even know really still till I got here and walked into the control room that oh, this is a water plant. Okay, yeah. and um, they gave us time to get our our other certs, and we were just kind of there was five of us who were hired. Um, Ken Shoemaker and and uh, Bob Janowski. Janowski and a couple guys who are working in other districts, even to this day, um, they were coming over from another career. They were air, airline mechanics. 
Um, there was a couple guys who did wastewater who were coming over to the drinking water side, but they were our, you know, they were five years away from retiring, but maybe we're, we're just trying to kind of stretch out some of the, the additional time for their CalPERS packages. And then um, one gentleman who was in instrumentation and control, I think on the tech side, and there was me. So they allowed, they gave one cool thing the city of Vallejo did, they gave us a, some, you know, 18 months or so to, to get our grade twos where we can be helpful in the plan. And we just kind of assisted and watched, but there was five of us, which is kind of, kind of a solid kind of class to, to have kind of wandering around treatment plants for a year, not really having, you know, actual assignments, but um, it, it was a great environment to learn, but that the economy and, and the city of Vallejo's um, economic challenges um, were happening at that time, which is why they couldn't recruit um, journeyman level operators. Um, it wasn't the city that was getting paid the highest. And then you're right there in the middle of, I think Fairfield was higher. I think, you know, you could always, you know, the East Bay mud was, you know, a commute down the way, you had Contra Costa. Um, I mean, even had places maybe like Martinez, even in paying a higher hourly wage. So Vallejo struggled to get the journeyman level folks to, to stay um, and so they hired a, a bunch of uh, new folks with, without experience to go over and um, develop. Yeah, but it was going. That was, lead, that was leading up to their. At some point, I don't know if they actually did um, claim bankruptcy, but there was a, those four years. You would hear this um, challenge, these challenges between the union and the city on wages and furloughs and all this stuff. But I was a kid; I didn't know any better. I was having a blast, man. I, I couldn't believe I was getting paid twenty-one forty-seven an hour, and um, I'll always remember that number because that was my starting wage, and I was I was happier than the clam. So, <laughs> yeah, and coming from Home Depot, right? I mean, I, I worked for Depot back in the day, man. So, yeah. uh, what so, department yeah. were you? I was an outside garden man. Oh, okay, so, uh, I'll services. <laughs> oh, right on. But, uh, yeah, man, no, it's, uh, uh, it's funny, yeah, because, uh, you know, I think and I think that's always a good segue into like the trades is, uh, you know, when uh, young people get you know, jobs at like hardware stores or lumber yards or you know, stuff like that, because obviously they like being outside. Customer service is big, you know, for companies like that. Um, yeah. If you can find the, the, the sales reps, right, um, you know, they're big on customer service. So. You know, I, I've always like tried to look for, uh, you know, young cats that are, you know, working at lumber yards and, you know, the Home Depot's and stuff like that. So, um, or Costco, yeah. you know, has always a, has been a, is a good place for, you know, high, high paced you know, workers that, uh, are goal orientated and, uh, and, uh, and there to serve. So, um, yeah, so that's always sure. good. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of talent over there and I've hired folks from lumber yards as well and, and, um, kind of hardware, back store backgrounds, you know, even so. Um, but yeah, that was my start. Um, and then from, I mean, once I learned about the industry, you know, early 2000s and I would, um, I was like, okay, I, I guess this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, here's this kind of certification process. That's very kind of straightforward. You get a grade two, get a grade three, get a grade four, yeah, you know, and, and five was just so far out there at that time. And then, um, you had you had one gentleman on from from Mesa and, and he talked about Tyler. He talked about going on BC water jobs or the job sites. And, 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 and that's something I've done for 17 years. And it's not because I'm shopping. It's not because I look in the leave. I looked at it as 
And even to this day, you know, it's almost like how a, a, a stock trader would look at at the market every day, the Dow go. or the S and P. I look at I look at the jobs that are out there. One, I'm just nosy. I'm curious. But when I was younger, you know, what what kind of qualifications do I need to get to the next level? So I'm constantly looking at this is what a superintendent needs. This is what a manager needs. This is what a director needs. This is what executive needs. I I curated my academic and professional career to go in the direction of the positions that look desirable. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, the only way I was able to do that was to study that website. And it's you know, like and I'll, pop on, I'll pop on there on the weekend just to see what's out there. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it, you know, it, a lot of people don't understand, I guess, look, look when they need to look right. Yeah. <laughs> or even it's usually too late. Or they're in a you know bad environment and they're like, I think it's time to change this. So, so that's when they start to look. But really, like when you're looking and, and I can hear it when you're saying this is like you're looking because, you know, whatever's on there is possible. And so it's like if it's possible, then it's, you know, I can go after it, you know, if I meet these qualifications. And then once you get used to seeing those same qualifications time and time again as an operator or manager, then it's just like I, I'm, I'm just, a, you know, a arm's length away. And uh and it's just a matter of a little bit more effort. And so, it, again, yeah. it's just it's showing you what's possible. And I think that's that's the, that's the key to the you know those sites like that. Yeah, and you were you were we were kind of talking a little bit before this and, and um, discussing positions around the state and kind of you even when you were like naming these positions or naming the area, I can already picture in my mind qualifications or salary range. Like it's already kind of, I already, already yeah. studied it so much that I'm kind of like, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That would make yeah. sense that area or whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's one thing. If you are, if this is your going to be your industry and you're in your first five years of your career or any portion, it's just uh yeah, it was, it's kind of a daily ritual of me going on, on indeed or BC and just kind of seeing what's there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. And so you went from so Vallejo. You're keeping your eyes peeled. Um, you're seeing some other positions, obviously. And and you went to where after that? Yeah. So in Vallejo, I was like, all right. Um, Vallejo had a cool system. They did their own complete. You know, they had their raw water transmission. They did buy some state project water, but they had reservoirs. They had a, a vast distribution system that you know even the treatment plant operators. Um, operated um, there. Um, so at while I was at Vallejo, I was like, all right, what am I going to study? Because I kind of did that in parallel um, and then navigated professionally where I wanted to be. But um, I was going to school. I saw um, some opportunities outside and I did make a jump. I don't know if I, I always kind of question I jump I made, but I, I went to as a, I went to City of Tracy as a senior plant op, senior water plant operator, um, and then um, from and I stayed there about a year, and then um, from there, I was kind of like in a my enthusiasm for what we do kind of went down a little bit. Um, I didn't know if I wanted, if, if this was, this was life, like I did operating treatment plants. I, I was kind of bored. I'll, I'll put it that way. Right. And was uncertain that if I wanted to continue in that path. And from there, I, um, got a job guy. I interviewed with Siemens industry out in, uh, LA County. La Mirada was where the actual office was. And, and this was, 
water treatment, but it was more of um, small capital um, groundwater remediation system. So Siemens would sell and package and design these kind of skid uh, systems for Santa Monica or for LADWP or for Caltrans if there was some kind of a construction project. And I was kind of the O&M with the certification to treat water. And I went when I went there, it kind of reinvigorated reinvigorated my 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 enjoyment of the industry because it it had to do with uh, kind of client interfacing, um, some design, some construction, and just kind of the whole thing you would you would do um, at a, maybe a, a water agency, but in these little micro these little micro projects that I had a, across the south you know the Southland. Right on. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. And um, I've, at that point, I was going to grad school, too, at Cal State Northridge. And then um, I made the jump from that position was kind of, you know, they called it a you know senior technician. That's when I made the, and, and I got my five while doing that, too. That's when I made the jump from Siemens to uh, CH2M, which was bought out by Jacobs and, and became and jumped into management. And that was that was 2012. And at, at that point, um, it was an interesting jump because they needed a T5. They liked that I had a degree. They liked I had some project experience, but I had no management experience at zero. And I, ha- I had led kind of these small teams and I had a couple operators that didn't report to me, but they worked under me. Um, you know, I was their lead or foreman or whatever you want to call it. And, um, so, but, but, but Jacobs needed someone with my qualifications to compete on some packages out there in Northern California and I needed a manager job. So they, uh, made me a manager. They put me at a wastewater plant to kind of, uh, get my feet wet. Um, and, uh, been in management since then and then stayed with them for about five years doing really cool stuff. Um, I, that was that for me, that experience was kind of like my master's class and, and just water treatment and O&M and, and just uh, project delivery and all that. So I uh, got to uh, build, you know, support design and, and, and construction and the delivery and startup of a new treatment plant out there in Woodland and uh, just a, just a great experience. And uh, Still, can, just uh, can you, talk about that? Can you, you know, okay. elaborate a little bit more on like, you know, working for a private company where, you know, they're going trying to, you know, build these plants up, get them going, either or operating them for a municipality, um, yeah. as opposed because you've worked for, um, you've worked for the city of Vallejo at that at that time now in the private sector, totally different mindset, right? Totally different, um, I would say, pace of work or 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 goals. And, mm-hmm. you know, and what, it, like, what were your thoughts on that? Or, you know, just kind of thinking back to, you know, uh, what you learned from it. Cause there's pros and cons, right. To working at a city or working at, in a private sector. And I've, I've worked at both, so I can, I can say that. Um, but what was, what was your experience like? Um, they, they are very different. I don't want to just, uh, it'd be simplistic to say they're day and night, but, uh, municipal operations is, is, uh, there was a reason why I was disenchanted after what was six years of, you know, city of Vallejo and city of Tracy, um, because it, you know, you can learn the occupation and learn, learn your, your, your trade and your craft and your, your classification. And that might be it. The jump to private sector, what it, what it showed me is all the other things 
I learned and was able to do and put your hands on and be involved in. So I think what I, what I always desired from my time with municipalities, from what I got from the private sector, Siemens and, and Jacobs was that the involvement, I, I you know, even if I wasn't a, a key decision maker that they included me as a major stakeholder, as the operator, um, they asked for my insight or my review, but they also, um, they asked you to do more. They asked you to learn more. They asked, you know, it was incredibly more challenging and you, you were always finding ways to think outside the box. You were always trying, you know, then you learn some of the business side of it, um, RFPs, RFQs, um, strategy of how, how uh, consultants go into a meeting with municipalities on how, what, what services they can deliver. And then you, when you win these contracts, these operational contracts, you know, and I work with, like I said, City of Santa Monica, uh, yeah. LWP, Metropolitan, City of Woodland, City of Davis, um, West Yost, they're they a consulting firm. So you learn your performances, you, you kind of want to pick it up. You promise them something right. and you want to deliver. So you're, it's almost elevated in how you deliver your performance or the things you work on and you kind of strive to be at least the, the firms that when in this, when in those markets, they strive to be perfect. They strive to their mistakes and be accountable and, you know, um, be attentive to the client, to the, to the, the overall goal of O&M. There's their goal of, of compliance and public safety or uh, public health is not any different. It's, it's intensified because they actually, they actually taken all, all other types of considerations. Yeah. 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 Versus a, yeah. Versus a city or municipality where it's kind of their own, like their own little bubble. And, and for private sector, it's, it's more of like, it's their pro it's their, it's like more of the project and they don't want to have to come back. Right. And so they're trying to make it right on all, on all avenues because uh, they're probably their window with that treatment plan is pretty small. Right. Yeah. I mean, is, is that what you guys, so you guys are, go ahead. They want to use you as they want to use their, you on their professional portfolio as a resume. Like look what we did over there at XYZ city. So yeah, they're, they're going to, you know, you may sometimes in, if, like you said, the bubble kind of, you know, mentality, there may be something that's a, that's an open issue or open secret that's an issue, and it's kicked down the road. When you are a firm accountable to another agency, you're like, well, they hired us to solve that, and we can't yeah. stop doing it until we solve it. Yeah, yeah, because you can't leave that that snail trail per se, right. like behind you when you go to the next agency, because that's that's your, like you said, that's your portfolio. Yep. Yeah. Right on. And so when you when you signed up for you know Jacobs coming from uh, you know Tracy and Vallejo, you were you weren't expecting that level of um, professionalism or you know even commitment in your education or just your work in in uh, at the beginning were you? It was just something that just kind of like they kept throwing um, more at you and you just kind of kept taking more on. They um, I. I guess no, not that I, maybe I didn't expect it, but it was, you found out real soon. I mean, I didn't go in there lightly thinking that it was going to be a piece of cake. I, yeah. I, you know, cause I think that first few years of Jacobs for me, when they're trying to develop me as a manager, I'm flying over, I'm flying around the country to all these other projects. All, they call it, you know, which are basically water plants or wastewater plants. 
they call them projects. I would fly, I'm flying to Portland, I'm flying to Seattle, I'm going to New Mexico, I'm going to Arizona, um, meeting all these other managers who've done it for years. And that was the cool part. They, they, they invested a lot in the training. And so they expect a lot of you, but they gave you a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. They gave you a lot of networks. And, and so you weren't alone. And, and, and any of these, man, these project managers who are in those roles today, oh, they're well-suited. You know, they, they didn't all, not all of them have bachelor's and master's degrees or, or you know, dual, T, dual D and T5s. Some of them just have, they have the T5 or D4 or something, but, or a wastewater five, but they're well-equipped to, to operate in any other system in the country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive, man. That's impressive. Um, and so, and then you went from there, you went to, uh, did you go to Cal Water after that? Or I, I a, yes, did a stop in Modesto. So Jacobs, it was, it was oh, great. Yeah. I would love to stay with the firm. Um, but um, there was one, you know, at that point I had, we had just completed a, a 36 million gallon a day plan. We had got full permitted, uh, I think in the first six months of operation, it was a major accomplishment. I never thought I'd design, build, and operate a plant and start up and hire the staff and build an operations plan from scratch and get that approved. I mean, it was like you, anything someone would do in a 20-year career. Yeah. I did that in, the, not I, but the, the group I worked with, we were able to do that in, in three years or less. I mean, I used to drive to the same site. It was just a field. And I'd have to turn on these sump pumps to get the this uh, stormwater out of this um, these monitoring wells or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thirty months later, here's a here's a treatment plant, a river intake with fish screens, um, horizontal drilled um, PVC underneath the levee, yeah. um, <laughs> active flow. I mean, and it, and it's like whew, it was like I can't believe this just happened five years later, and I'm uh-huh. like. Think about that. You do all that and you kind of looking around, looking to your left and looking to your right. Like, what do I do now? Like, what, yeah. You know, once a plant's, once a plant's going and we, we had, we had a thing humming, you know, we had awesome. 30 day commissioning, a very aggressive startup process that we were monitored. We would be, the company would be penalized if they did not hit these certain uh, performance requirements and we were hitting them all. Um, it was incredibly stressful. I had people leaving the job, operators leaving the job on the pro, on site. They were leaving. I had to terminate a guy. Um, it was intense. And that's done, right? And so I'm like, wow, I just went through that experience. Um, we're just happy and relieved. Here's, I have these 10 staffers and I have a, a gentleman who I kind of pulled over from West Sacramento and he, he lives, you know, I kind of, it was a perfect situation for him. He lived in Woodland. He's down the street. He, you know, because of certain, doesn't have the certain qualifications, may not, you know, naturally um, qualify for manager positions. Right. And I said, Brian would be the perfect, perfect fit for this. He can take it over now. The, the work, my part, I feel was done. I felt like I was preparing him to kind of take over that situation. And, um, the market, the, the manager market, because at this point I'm thinking of, all right, you know, I've been the equivalent of a water treatment plant manager for that's year five. And, 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 and there wasn't, you know, in Northern California specifically, there's not like a, a con uh, treatment plants that are condensed around each other. There's like 
I think SAC Regional or City of SAC has a bunch of theirs. And then you got to go another, you know, you got to go all the way up to Roseville or Citrus Heights for there to be another surface water plant. So the the, the yeah. geography of the kind of Sacramento area was limited where I didn't have any other other place to really go. So I have I saw that Modesto um, irrigation district had a plant opening and they had a unique situation in which they, um, I had just come off a startup, but they had a membrane plant that hadn't been started up yet. Um, it was built and kind of, you know, mothballed for a couple of years, just some complications on, on whoever the startup engineer was or, or whatever yeah. group, uh, participating that they just couldn't get it off the ground. And that compelled me. That was compelling, right? Because I had just done this. So what you, in my mindset is like, um, okay, you just saw this happen, Greg. You had five years to see to see that whole process. Here is a here is an agency that has a, a similar need. Yeah. And yeah. so they, I applied, but I was I was a little indifferent. I was not. You know, there for me personally, that the desire to go to the Central Valley was not all the way there with me. It wasn't that com compelling in the moment. Um, so I had an interview. I think I told them, you know, I, um, I'm not going to go. But look, 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 I, I know how hard it is to recruit for these positions. If, you know, your set of interviews don't go the way you wanted to um, feel free to reach out to me. I told that to HR, you know, I felt, I felt, you know, that I, I, I understand the situation and um, they did end up calling me to go interview again. And I went and um, started with uh, Modesto irrigation district back in 2017 and going back to that uh, membrane plant um, that they had that, that was not started yet. Uh, we got that thing rolling in the first six months. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, we uh, and we we had it permitted, you know, I think in the seventh month. So that was a insane man. That was, and we did it without any any contract. We did a contractor. We self performed that work. The district. Wow. So uh, yeah. that was exciting for them to see because the operators have never been a part of something like that. Completely discouraged on their first experience with the membrane plant. They were like they were scared of it. I've never operated membranes, but I said, "Hey guys, I think if we can get this thing going." You're gonna like it a lot better than your 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 30 year old conventional. And uh, yeah, they keep that thing they keep that thing going, and they kind of just use the they use the conventional side to kind of trim the the demand. But um, that was a that was a capitalization that I I'm always I've always kind of like, am I do I really know what I'm doing, or is this all just an accident? <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was a... a Modesto. It was like holy okay, I do. We did that. We just did that. And I just did that for a second time, you know? Yeah. So that was really satisfying to, to get that done. Um, and then that was it. Now from there, it was, that was the jump to Cal Water um, um, and, the, and the Central Coast, which, um, yeah, I, I had to enjoy my time there with that group. So, yeah. Um, and we, and, and we that met, was, around that, that time, I think you were at MID and I think we've crossed yeah. paths cross paths at, at a, a convention or two and um yeah. but we really didn't talk at that time when you went to cal water right um we pulled you in on a, a on an interview panel and uh mm -hmm. I, I think i had talked to brenda uh Grineo, the gm over there and she had been wanting us to link up 
um, yeah. and just to introduce you know us to each other, and then and, and it, that, that never happened. And so um, then we pulled you in for an interview panel, and that's when I was just like, I was blown away, man. I, you totally impressed me that day. Just um, you know the way you carry yourself, your your confidence, the experience that you've you know you've gained in um, such a short time. Because still, you know, you're you're mid thirties, I, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm thirty seven. 37 and you know like you started super young and you've done all kinds of stuff what you know what people like you said you know try to accomplish in a in a in a career in their whole career like you've done it and you know a couple times over and and i saw that you know right away um that day when we uh we linked up in watsonville and so um man i'm just totally impressed with uh, what you've been able to do and uh and so you were at cal water for a short time and then an opportunity came up to go to Valley Water. Yeah, so Cal Water that was strategic. I um, so here you know you go back here. I, I'm a, I I I got these two new plants going. They're good. They're set up well. And um, Cal Water had the opportunity. So go if we go back to when you study the BC Water job stuff, right? If you're looking at it, right, I'm, I'm I've been a plant manager. And then, and what else? Then, then you start like, well, what's the elevated request or ask from from agencies or municipalities or districts on on what to what do you need next, right? I, I don't, I'm not going to get a PE at this time. I had, I think, uh, Cal Water going in. I had going in. I had T five D three wastewater one, I think, and then I had my bachelor's from San Francisco State and then my master's. So. What else, right? What else are they asking for for the now executive director, um, those type roles? Well, they're asking for department size, budget size, um, policy experience. And so Calwater, the move was strategic for a couple of reasons. One, I always wanted to I wanted to live again by the beach. I was in when I went down to Southern California, I was in Costa Mesa for a couple of years. But my, the opportunity uh, to go near the coast again. And, and I got to live in Capitola for a couple of years. Uh, that was, that was totally compelling for me. So yeah. Um, <laughs> not only that, I was going to manage a, a, a group of um, department heads, customer service, distribution, construction, production, uh, and our main replacement program and up to 60 employees, you know, with a you know budget in the, in the high teens in the millions. And so that experience was specific for me to have to get to that other level that I was in search of. And so uh, it was a, it wasn't, it wasn't even a lateral move. It was, it was a sub, maybe a sublateral move, maybe one step down, even going over there as a general superintendent, they call it, it's a operations manager now, but um, it was not, it wasn't a lateral, lateral move, but it was a strategic one. Um, to compete for, um, executive roles, which, which I felt was kind of my natural next step. Nice. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, guys. Like to me, like you, you play to win. And that's just what I keep hearing over and over and over is like, you, you're playing to win and, and life in general is a game to play. Right. And some of us lose and lose and lose and never switch up the strategy. And, and you, it seems like, one over and over but again it's been strategic right and i'm sure you've had some losses uh throughout you know this yeah. this uh game time right but at the same time like you're super competitive with yourself 
And I think that's just super impressive, Greg. Yeah, I, I took my lumps and, you know, all that, you know, kind of the movement, you know, I've been criticized on it from uh, family or even, you know, people in the industry and, you know, they'll, they've landed in, in, in places like Contra Costa, Water District or East Bay Mud and they'll kind of like, Yo, what do you, oh, you, you're here, there again, or you're doing that, or you're somewhere else now. And, and it's like, it's, it's all been a strategy that I have not been able to really kind of um, have a vocabulary to, because I knew what, what if I knew what I was doing, you know what I mean? I knew, I knew my path. I knew kind of what I was doing. I knew, I know it wasn't as clean looking or, you know, even that my interviews with Valley water, you know, Hey, some of the movement questions us. We just want to know that you're going to stick around. I said that that was all strategic. You know, I, I, I gave some of the other, my previous employers, the opportunity, I let them know where I was. And I, I, I interviewed for other positions at Cal Water across the state. I, I haven't been zip code challenge. I said I could do I could do more for you in other spots. I, I interviewed for a director role um, for the South for Cal Water. But um, they, you know, they had the person they feel best fit the job. I, I respect that. So I also got to make my move after I made my needs known. And, and if that place isn't going to, you know, be the spot where I could do that, yeah, you, you do got to be strategic with it. And, and, um, I did the best I could there. Um, I felt I was improving a lot of culture there in Salinas, but, um, yeah, there was always, I always had a vision on, on what was going to be next because that was, that was definitely like a placeholder for, for, for the next, for the next gig. But I, I used that even that time where maybe my, maybe I had a lot more people, uh, maybe the budget was a little bit bigger, but it wasn't as complex as a startup or, or, you know, troubleshooting a treatment plant. But um, definitely, I thought I used my time well. I got my D4, you know, from 2018 to 2020. Got my D4, got my wastewater two, got my advanced water treatment operator three, got my lab analyst. What the hell am I doing getting a lab analyst, sir? But I, I took it, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used those two years to, to hit the books and sharpen my skills to be more of a, a generalist than, than just, hey, I'm just strictly a T5. Man, that you're decorated, dude. <laughs> so you got T five, D four, wastewater two, uh, advanced water treatment. You said three or four? Uh, three. Working three, on the four. Bachelor's, masters. Man, what's what's next in regards to educational uh, goals or certification? Well, you, or you forgot the last analyst one. That, I'm, not, that, you know, that, I'm trying to get the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to um, someone at Valley Water. He's like, "Oh, you're trying to get the triple five, huh?" And I said, "I think so." So I think uh, I passed the five. Those, I'm that's, that's like a unicorn, man. You want to be a unicorn? Yeah. There's not too I, many. <laughs> there's not too many of those out there. Taking, yeah, you start taking these exams, and I remember when I was younger because it would be the T and the D, and back and you're you know every other pretty much every six months you're taking these when you first start out because you're able to. Yeah. And that's what's ha- that's what happened from 2018. I had this big gap of not take, uh, taking exams. Then I passed one, and I start you know you get a rush. I'm like oh, I'm going to take the wastewater too. You know all this. So I think I'm going to and I, I, I'm this. I don't know if you'll leave this in, but this is going to hold me accountable as hell. I'm going for the third. I'm going to go for the advanced five, and you know it'll take me a couple years of study for that. Um, I will. I am signed up for the advanced water four and um appreciate the materials on on that see but um yeah, yeah. and then i uh 
I'm, um, I will do it. I will stretch myself and because I can get the grade three in wastewater, I'm going to do the sh- kind of stretch myself and challenge myself for that. Um, so the wastewater three is on the schedule at some point, And then um, we'll so see about. So you're going, you're, going, you're going for the quadruple five. That's what you're doing. No, no, I don't think I'll ever get the weight that wastewater much respect to the men and women out there in that field, man. It, yeah. It, the only reason I could take some of these tests and I can't advance in wastewater is I, I'm not immersed enough in the O&M part of wastewater. I know enough advanced water to get here, but wastewater, I, I got a lot of respect for those folks because I'm not, I'm not using the, remember we were talking about uh, taking some of these tests. It's almost like a vocabulary exam. I'm yeah. not, I don't use the uh, wastewater terms or the biology and, and the, the, the bugs and the nitrification process enough in my day to day. So I think even the wastewater breeze the stretch for me personally, but um, yeah, I will, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to testify there. <laughs> right on. I'm sure you'll change your mind. <laughs> yeah. It's another good challenge and you like to challenge yourself. So that's, man, that's awesome. So, so what is your, um, what are your main duties uh, consist of at Valley Water now? So um, the treated water division is, is the kind of the group that has all the treatment plants. Um, and then we have our laboratory group, our water quality team. Um, and we have also kind of a, a cool little unit, we call it, of, of a treatment plant process and commissioning group that they take when, when infrastructure is installed, right? So you got maybe we're upgrading one of our one of our treatment plants. This team goes in and they do the handoff from, from construction over to the owners, the end users, which are the operators, so they, the, the owners of the project. So kind of like what I was doing in uh, Jacobs out in Woodland, that startup piece is critical of getting the equipment to operate and, and be optimized before you hand it off and fully accept it from your consultant or your construction firm. So, yeah, so we, we have about a, um, 100 staffers in our unit. And uh, it consists of, of, of six departments, but pretty much um, those departments are, are the four plants in a water quality and a laboratory group. Wow. And, and, and that's and it's awesome because you I mean, you've done everything to get to that point. And now you're putting all those different experiences and in positions that you've held all in kind of one and one big uh, you know position that you're holding right now. And that's and I think that's yeah. truly made you really good at what you do is because. It's just been the next step up, the next step up. And you're just taking all that stuff that you, all those tools and that tool bag that you've been collecting along the way. And now you're, you know, you're just going to work and, uh, that's, it's, it's super cool to hear, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a, it's been a crazy fun journey and definitely ups and downs, but you know, the, if you back up, you know, just like you're looking at skater trends, if you back the trend up a little bit, you zoom out it all, it all trended up, you know, but yeah, you're going to get a little hiccups in the way. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so you've worked with all different types of people from operators to high level uh, execs, managers, um, you know, foremans, everything in between, right? Um, What do you think is, you know, if you could give some good, you know, messages to, you know, people out there that um, they're either trying to figure out how they can level up, you know, from your perspective and now as a manager, like what, what is lacking like where are the gaps in this industry that people can fill? You know what I mean? Like, cause a lot of people, they want to do great things. They want to kick ass in the field and in their career and, and provide for their families and all that great stuff. But 
they they think they need to come up with something new or they need to you know follow in someone's footsteps that you know that did it their way and like i'm not like you're extremely successful man and i'm not going to follow your your footsteps right like because i'm going to right now i'm looking for gaps i'm looking for the gaps that that can i can create or i can fill and like fill those voids and just like own that stuff mm-hmm. and like and be the dude right like same thing like with the instagram like that's like I'm trying to create a conduit for all operators together to either, you know, bounce great ideas off of or just network through or whatever. And that's, you know, that's what I tried to do. And so like for you, like where do you see some gaps that might not you might not want to fill, but like other people could fill if uh, you know, if they really just understood like, you know, there's a need for this in the industry. Yeah. They, I think what I see, where I've seen it is that um, it is it is totally appropriate and, and it's much needed that it's it's appropriate to be good at your trade, at your technician, at your technique. So to be a great technician for, I think what you, who your audience is and what I've seen um, through Instagram or social media accounts is that um, are, are those folks who are doing this work as technicians, as craftsmen get really get of course get really good at your trade mm-hmm. um i would tr- i would in in kind of some micro ways you know hey if you can pick up a license here and diversify your experience a little bit you don't have to do encompass everything and get every cert in the world but it would be you're only going to learn more when you do try to diversify some of your experience or maybe your certification um the one gap i do think is missing even with very skilled technicians and very skilled craftsmen is the need in the industry to be a good communicator and to be leaders and to be a good team person. Um, and, and that's, that's, I think that's a gap that, um, it's hard to get that on paper on a resume, but every manager, hiring manager, every teammate knows it when they see it. Right. So working on that, Working on that, those, those kind of, I hate saying soft skills, but that's some of the times you use that way. Yeah. But um, those abil- that ability to build trust with your teammates, um, communicate well, written and, and as best you can verbally, right. um, have the skill, basic skills of just, you know, um, following up, following through just some of these these work practices and work behaviors that really kind of close the loop and close the gap on on you know being a good good operator or a good pipe mechanic you know that's one thing but part of the goodness in that is that you're able to work with different disciplines and different people at and, and different levels you're able to communicate projects and issues and deal with personality differences and and that's what I think um, still needs to happen because you often see 20, 30 year vets just struggling either with like a new kind of uh, generation in the workplace or, you know, why are they just listening to what I'm doing? I mean, there, there are some other skills and resources out there to kind of build, um, you know, relationship and quality based kind of skills that, that are just going to help you as a person, I think. Right. No, I, and, 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 you know, I don't a know lot if of, you're it's not what I, I it's not what I expected. I think it's extremely valuable. Um, 
you know, because, and the reason why is because as operators, we don't like, we write stuff down in our logbook on the day to day. Right. Or, you know, we're talking about treatment plan operators because that's, that's more your arena. Right. And so we're, we're, we're writing down stuff in the logbook, you know, the next shift comes in, we brief them on what's going on with the plant, what, you know, what, where it's trending, what's going on, you know, and then, uh, and then we leave. Right. But really there's no, you know, if you're not forced to be accountable with um, like communication and, you know, follow through with work that you're leaving behind and all these other things, right. Then, then there's really no, um, there's no reminder for you to do it or to practice it. And so by like you're saying, it's just like practicing, you know, like we're, we're, everyone's over, you know, over communicating on Facebook about their feelings. Right. So why can't they do that right. with their, yeah. prof- their profession? Right. And so I think that's what you're talking about. It's just like, is practicing your writing skills. And, you know, for me, like I, you know, I was never great at writing, but like, I've had to learn how to, you know, do the business writing stuff and, and just from work and, uh, and, you know, in, from, from evaluations to justifying the purchase of equipment or, you know, you know, uh, memos to counsel or whatever it is, like, you know, I've had to practice that way, but, um, you know, cause I'm not, formally educated with, you know, with the college stuff. And so, you know, on the job, uh, you know, training is super important, but if you don't get that, that opportunity to practice writing, then you got to go to school, you got to take the classes or you just, you know, just do it with your day-to-day um, activities. Um, and then sharing that stuff with operators, I think is just a great way to practice it. And then people start to catch on and, and appreciate that form of communication that you're, you're putting out for everybody else to, you know, benefit from. Yeah. And that, I think, um, what I, where I was going to is that when you were saying, Hey, what are the gaps? Well, I was thinking of just, just, I think some of the frontline supervisors I work with and they go, and I hear it over again. And they're like, they didn't tell me that this was part of the job. And what they're talking about is the relationship management and the behavioral, um, things that could pop up as a frontline supervisor, and so that's like a literal gap. We often don't, you know, um, either management or, or organizations don't put our frontline supervisors, whether it's a, a foreman or a, a superintendent or, a, you know, kind of a water plant supervisor. There are moments where we, we don't equip them well because maybe the job classification doesn't require um, specific credentials. But um, they're the ones kind of dealing with um, our day, those day-to-day folks. And if someone has um, personal issues that manifest themselves in the workplace or, or performance issues, yeah, we 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 kind of leave them hanging if we didn't if we didn't equip them well on how to to handle these things. Right. And I've been there. <laughs> I've yeah. been there and had, to, and had to figure it out, man. You yeah. Know? And- and sometimes their way of helping was, is, uh, just being patient. And that's, that's all the support that I had. But, uh, you know, if there's not systems in place for, you know, supporting your staff, uh, you know, it definitely makes it a lot or it'll, it'll drag out even longer than you want to, um, on both ends, right. As the manager or the employee that's going through it. And you gotta, you gotta rely. I think some folks will, will not, will have to stop relying that, oh, I didn't get this from, from the organization. I didn't get that type of training. You got to just, you got to go and pick up a book that, that may not be sports or, or water related stuff. It, it may be, it may be self-help or relationship building or, um, 
um, consciousness or, you know, some new agey kind of aspect. It may be that, but, you know, if it's something that, that serves you and it, you can take it to heart, there's those qualities could be those, those qualities or skills can be practiced in the workplace. And, and sure. I think that's where I've got a lot of my effectiveness have, has come from my own kind of self-work, you know, cause there are not, there were in classes on, on, on patients, on, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, there wasn't any, uh, there was no three, to, three unit class or certification on that. You had, <laughs> I had to go learn some other, some, someplace else. And that was yeah. on my own. Wow. That's good stuff, man. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's self-improvement is, is your thing, man. And, uh, and that is, that is where I think the biggest, you know, again, some of the biggest gaps in our industry is just that, that, that dedication to self-improvement, you know, um, for everyone. And, uh, you know, we're only as good as the people around us. And so I think you're, you're a great example of what, you know, what can be achieved and, uh, and how you you were able to do a lot of that on your own, right? Obviously, you know, you had people giving you opportunities, but uh, you earned the right, you know, you earned those positions, and uh, I think it's it's such a great um, um, it's a, it's it's great to have you in our industry. Uh, I think you could you could be someone like yourself could be in any industry and be super successful just by you know your work ethic, your dedication to your craft, and you know I think uh, it you know, we're lucky. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate that, Steve. And no, uh, they, yeah. Water chose me. I just was searching through that paper and, and they, the water picked me out of the, uh, out of, out of Home Depot. So <laughs> I, I'm thankful for that. And I just, I, I got to start, um, have a career on accident and a, a kind of a life per that, that grew into a purpose on accident just because um, the city was gracious enough to take, uh, you know, an opportunity on a, on a young kid who, who lived nearby. So, um, I, ever since then, I was like, well, I'm going to give, give back as much as I can to the organizations and individuals I, I get to work with. That's awesome, man. You know, I think, uh, someone like yourself, uh, you know, you've had, you've worked for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, this is about seven different agencies you work for in the industry. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people think, you know, when they get into the career, you know, you, you, you know, you get one job and you stick at it, you know, and that's, you know, my uncles that were in the industry, they, they put in, you know, 35, 40 years in the industry and uh, you know, someone like yourself in the same position, same agency, you know, and someone like yourself, you know, it's uh, you've been jumping around and, you know, I think that, uh, that is, I think that's the, definitely the generation that we're into is like, you know, the, you know, the uh, millennials, right. They, they don't have patience. So they're constantly looking for a jump. Um, do you have anything to say to, uh, to that or, or different, you know, both mindsets, the ones that's, you know, saying, Hey, you know, just stick to the one career or the one agency and, you know, just go heavy on it. Uh, or the one that's got that, you know, like I said it before, the progressive patience, where you're, you know, it's going to take time, but you keep working at it. And if you see other opportunities, you can, you know, definitely go to it. Um, you know, what are your thoughts towards that? Yeah. And I, I think it, you know, it's definitely depends on the individual, right? There's, there's so many other outside circumstances that kind of also drive those decisions. I do think upward mobility, um, there's some advantages if you, are not zip code challenged. I think you can create more opportunities for yourself 
I think, you know, um, you, you obviously remove limits uh, for yourself if you're looking um, to move upward um, and not and move upward with some speed. Now, now you could stay at one agency and that's fine if there's a pathway and there's you got a way to do that. Um, but I, my best example for myself is that 2003 going to here's 2020, there was no guarantee in 2003 that in 2020 I would have been the public works director for the city of Vallejo. There was no that there was no clear path that was obvious. So I, I can't promise that for myself. I also didn't get the, I wouldn't have gotten the same type of experiences in all kind of those, those, those middle points in my professional life. So I think that, if you, you fast-tracked it through are, your sacrifices, say that one more time. I said you fast tracked it through your sacrifices that you're making and the willingness to, yeah. to uh, uh, jump different zip codes. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes the salary wasn't there. Sometimes the location wasn't there. Sometimes the commute was weird. But um, if you choose the right kind of experience, so if you, you hey, I want to, I can land my D5 there. I, I could do this for a little bit. And you knock that out, you get some very specific things you've actually worked on and, and did there. You were very, you got, you come, if you are a person who is going to be looking and possibly, you know, there's some movement in your career, do every assignment with a purpose and intention. When I went to Siemens, there was purpose. I had, I was going to get my uh, master's degree and I was going to get my five there. When I went to Jacobs, I was going to build a plan. When I went to Modesto, I was going to start up another plan. When I went to Cal Water, I was going to lo- uh, manage a larger unit, uh, a larger group, um, you know, with some more budget responsibility. So every every assignment needs to be the right kind of experience. Choose it in that way. I've said no to stuff. I've said when I wanted to go to when I was doing my uh, bachelor's degree, you know, what I was kind of in the area. West Sacramento was desirable for me because they had these kind of cool these twenty four hour shifts. You know, it was like, oh, that'd be cool, you know, plenty, a couple days off and, you know, you're not really working a bunch of days of the month, but it wouldn't have worked for, to go to school. You know, another opportunity came up years later for me for the city of Santa Monica. Yeah, man, Santa Monica, back at, back at the beach as a manager. Um, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right role for me at the time. So there's things I've said, um, man, it's just, it's just not there yet. So choose the right kind of experience. And if you do, if you do have the, the mobility to kind of move around, I do think there's some opportunity for, for you to speed up the pro- for the person to speed up the process. Yeah, man, that's good stuff, man. I like that. Hey, Greg. So I got a question, man. So, you know, like for, you know, me young, you know, Mexican American, I got some tattoos on me and, you know, I know I don't fit the mold. And when I met you, you know, you're young, black, you got tattoos, you know, I think you got more than I do, right? You got some piercings. And to me, like what I'm like just super intrigued by and just totally impressed is like, you know, like you shared your story on everything that you've you've been able to accomplish with your career. And I'm sure that because you've been true to who you are and, you know, you look the way you look, I'm sure you've experienced some adversities, right? In all the positions that you have because they're all government jobs. And so, you know, like I, I love the fact that you you've always stayed true to who you are and you know what you like and what you don't like. And and I think for a lot of us in, you know, the industry in this government industry, it's it is like we think that success has to look a certain way and you got to comb your hair a certain way and you got to, you know, cover up the little bit of, you know, tattoos that you might have and you only show those on the weekend or after hours and yeah. you know, can you 
Can you speak to that? Like, you know, and, and, and what that means to you of being, you know, true to yourself, but like at the same time, like playing the game to win and, and you know that there's requirements of certain positions and how you balance that stuff out. Yeah. I mean, one, am I, Oh, I am. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, oh yeah. So, I mean, one reason of, of what I've appreciated about the water industry, um, it's kind of directness on here's a classification and probably other industries are like that, but I only know this one. There's this, here's these minimum qualifications. Here's some extra items that we like, right? You see that on a job post. And that's what I've enjoyed because I have that type of, all right, what do you want me to do? Here, give me some menu options and, and, and I can, I can see where I can fit in that, or I know what direction to go to and I can follow it specifically to that design. And, um, it being that plain, hey, here's the qualifications for treatment plan operator. Here's qualifications for superintendent. Here's qualifications for um, director. Here's qualifications for executive. When you when it's that plain, it's like, well, why it's been perfect for me? Because yeah, I may I I have burned a person who looks um, different from other managers, um, um, black, a person of color. I have um, some artwork done on on my arms and um hands even and so my whatever i was going to do in life even before i got into water i was going to be committed to being myself um that's just a personal thing i have that i i cannot compromise in any way um who i am or my voice or um that i have to somehow pretend to be something that i'm not so um, if I may not have the words for something or I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just I'm not that skilled in that area. I'll just say, it. hey, somebody's smarter than me in this. Can you help me with this? Right. He got, um, me. He got me on that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't need to, um, you know, if there's some type of uh, dress, uh, kind of a business culture style. I mean, I can I'll play with that, but I'm going to be comfortable and be kind of who I am unless there's some hard, hard rule on it. And there's usually not unless. Um, some of the folks have like a uniform policy and then that's even easier. Just wear what they give you. But yeah, it's always been important to me and the the industry um, has been a good one for me because I have been able to be myself that when I show up, the the ability to show up to some of these jobs or to compete on some of these opportunities was, was based on my profile and resume and nothing else. Now, when I show up, it may be, it may surprise some folks, but it, it, it should be based on on what is on paper and the, the accomplishments done. So, um, yeah, I, I've um, I've shown up to some management positions and they were like, I got that, you know, when I went over to Salinas, got that when I went over to Modesto. Yeah. I got that even when I was hiring staff in, in Woodland. Um, they they would, would be talking to the other person on an, I'd be hiring group. Uh, I remember hiring Brian in Woodland. He kept talking to my boss, Dennis, like, and I'm, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm the manager. Hey, hello. Did you know I'm the one? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you gotta get that. And, and we all kind of come with our, um, prepackaged, um, um, you know, judgment and, and judgment is fine. As long as we're not, um, prejudging someone in, in a light that that's just completely not true or, or using that, that judgment, uh, to cause harm. But yeah. yes, it's, it's super important. I would encourage anyone, I mean, to be happy, you got to be yourself. To be ha- to be happy and to take care of yourself, you have to be authentic. So, it successful or, or the people who are decision makers or policy makers or 
higher administration positions, I don't believe you have to look like anything. You just have to, what is your skill set? What do you got? Right. Where it's been right. hurts? What are your, what are your qualifications? And I knew that the reason why I, I went to obtain, maybe over obtain qualifications and degrees and certifications is that I needed to make sure that I can be competitive because they, it may not be, I look like the group I'm interviewing with or the team I'm going to be a part of it. That may be true. Right. Most of the times it is true. Right. However, I'm going to make sure on my own objectively that I at least deserve a seat. I deserve a conversation at least at a minimum. You can decide whether I make it comfortable or not, but at least my name can go into the hat and it's going to, based on my qualification skills and how I present myself, at least I'm going to make it a little bit harder for you to say no, if that's going to be the case. It's going to be hard because you're going to have to justify that that person has equal ability or more ability than I may have. Man, I love that, dude. That's fire, dude. Because, you know, I get, you know, with the grant, everyone reaches out to me and says like, hey, like I got an interview coming up or, hey, what should I study? All these different questions. And the, and the one I get quite often is, Hey man, do you, you know, all these, you know, these, these, uh, these cities or agencies, um, do they hire people with tattoos? And I'm like, well, what else do you got? You know, like what else do you bring into the table? And if it's all, all you have is tattoos on your neck or your hand, then dude, just don't even go. Like, what have you done? Have you, have you, have you studied their, their, you know, their job description, the agency? Do you know mm. what you're getting yourself into? You know, have, do you, have, have you taken any classes, gotten any search? Like what? Like what requirements do you have? Like get that chip off your shoulder and like show me what you got. And then and then I'll see past all that other stuff. But if you're just a knucklehead that's got some ink on his arm and really you got no other skills, like you just want to look cool, like come on, man. You know, and and I'm sure you've you've felt that way and and I've felt that way too in certain, you know, certain atmospheres. Cause you go to a lot of these associations and like it's an older crowd, you know, but average age is, you know, is over 45, um, which mm-hmm. is not old, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's above that. And, uh, you know, there's not too much color in it either. And I'm, and I'll say it, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like mm-hmm. when we're in certain situations in, in our industry, we always try to think that it has to look a certain way. So there's a lot of people listening to the, to the podcast right now that, of all different, you know, ethnicities and, you know, uh, styles, right. You know, they comb their hair to the left and they see everybody coming it to the right. Like, you know, they think they're not going to fit in. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think you and myself have proven that like, we don't, we're not the, um, the mold that has been in the industry for the last hundred years and right. it's going to continue to change. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, um, this virtual life that we're starting to live now will have a play in that. Right. And like, what are your thoughts on, on that? Do you think we're going to go to a different norm or these, you know, this new generation, um, it's going to continue to, you know, evolve and change and, you know, what's acceptable and what's not is, is, uh, is going to continue to change. Yeah. I think the, the virtual stuff will, you know, especially those who get hired into, firms or agencies in the virtual world that, you know, not, I mean, we just see each other on, you know, two by two inch boxes, you know? So um, I think that um, some of those uh, expectations or prejudgment on what someone should look like or where, because we're, we're in this virtual environment. I mean, 
we're a lot more casual or, you know, you got dogs, you got babies, you got, you know, people's books in the background and posters or whatever their house. So I think that we'll kind of taper some of that. Um, I don't know, old school can I sensibilities in there. Yeah. Can I share something with you, man? I probably shouldn't share it on a podcast, but it's screw it. Um, so I just, did a, I just did an interview. Right. And, uh, you know, I had the, the business jacket on and the, the button up. Right. And I had some shorts and some sandals on underneath. And I was mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> I was like hoping and praying they were going to ask me to stand up and, uh, you know, turn around for the interview or anything like that. But, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's funny, like this whole virtual world, like we can be a lot more comfortable with who we are. Um, but also got to play the game. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think that's kind of what you're, what you're, what we're getting at with this, you know, virtual world is that like, it's, it's, we're, because we've had to live the last, what, five months now, um, out of our homes doing, you know, not the normal, you know, get up, get ready, look a certain way, you know, walk a certain way. We've gotten really comfortable, um, with who we are and, uh, and just doing our normal things day to day, but then trying to squeeze this work thing into that life, um, you know, and it's uh, it's exposing some people for sure, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going to go. This virtual world will show, at least on the administrative management level, do you do your job or not? Yeah. Do you or not? You, you, physically there, maybe you could you could say certain things in meetings or maybe you just you're just kind of there and, and you're you're just showing up and not putting anything out. But this virtual world, you have deliverables still. And this is why I'm not fearful of it. You still have these things you have to land or you have to do. And the fact that you're doing it remotely will show, can you get it done or not? Right. It was, it's no more of just um, showing up to kind of meetings and la-di-da or whatever. It's, it's uh, work still needs to happen. It needs to happen through, through virtual workers. And I think there's a, it will kind of um, expose some who, who, who've never been really good at product, their own production level. Right. But uh, go real quick, going back to that, yeah, yeah. you know, some of the folks are like, who, uh, is it okay to have tattoos? Um, oh yeah. You also, they, they should ask, you know, if they're, if that, if they're identifying, they're thinking of a specific agency or place that that's might be a questioning or concern with that group. I don't know if that's a place you want to work at. If there's yeah. something on your screen that they're work that you think they're going to worry about or you're insecure about that's not an organization i'm probably even gonna right take a look you know right, so right right and and i would say to that is like if if you're going to these you know interviews and you're like strike two strike three right and uh it may be it may be that right it may be it's not the it's not the tattoos but it's 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 other things you might be thinking it's the tattoos Right. You might be blaming it on the, the tattoo on your hand and, you know, and you're using mama's makeup to cover it up. Uh, you might be saying that and maybe it's that. But it's really it's if if you're going into interview after interview and you're striking out, then it's probably your preparation or it's mm-hmm. probably your lack of in other areas. It's not it's not that. Yep. And I, and um, and that I don't go I don't mean to say this by like, don't uh, don't show up in a suit in an interview, you know, you oh, gotta, yeah. You gotta, yeah, you got to glam it up and, and do look professional and kind of um, polish up a little bit. I, you know, I will encourage that. I'm saying, um, yes, make sure folks, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that they can kind of just um, be themselves. <laughs> well, you, 
I mean, don't wear all your face jewelry at the thing. Like, come on, just some, yeah. you know, something kind of really like subtle and nice, you know, but I'm not saying to be like someone else. Just you don't, you also don't want to distract, especially in the interview process, less when you get the job. Yeah. The process, you don't, I don't want them to be distracted. They're already, I'm already young. I'm already black. I'm already excited and energetic yeah. and maybe use more casual terms than other yeah. uh, water professionals. So I don't want to distract them anymore or give them any more to think about. But um, right. yeah, when day one comes, yeah, I'm going to, you know, Game over time, you know, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, man, I love that, man. I think that's, I think that a lot of people need to hear that. Um, that's great stuff, man. And if you, if you come to interview with me and you got Valley Water tattoo, tattooed on your chest, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a good look. I will. Yeah, I'll Some extra credit sure. points. <laughs> <laughs> right on man well uh cool man let's see what else we got um so we're gonna we're gonna catch you one of these days living down on the beach and you're you're just like the general manager of the district right that's that's i see it you keep you keep hitting the beach right and so uh, what's, ne- uh, what's next what's next i gotta go back <laughs> so what uh so what's next you know if uh if we could fast track it towards the end of your career um you know where do you see yourself um, in case my boss is listening, I'm, I'm committed for the next two decades here uh, to get Valley Water, you know, perform at the highest levels possible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to edit that uh, out. I, no, I, I'm, I, part of my, my navigation through my career was to have an opportunity where I can change lives in this way, you know, have an impact on policy. I have an impact on uh, that policy administration as it as it flows down to our, our operation and maintenance brothers and sisters out there working in the field. That's what I've, that level of involvement where I can take my hands-on experience and bring it to the, the kind of legislative regulatory side of things and the technical planning and, and the development side where I can impact those folks. That's, this is what I've, this is how I've curated my career to get to this position. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm saying, like, I'm going to learn this really well, this role and this agency and the South, I love the South Bay. It's my second tour here. And, um, um, there's a, there's, you know, it's interesting with the, with at least, um, Valley water, there's still some, um, opportunity for upward mobility here. And, um, and that's also cool. You, I, I go to a place where, you know, I hit, I've, you know, I'm, I peaked at, at a position, but I still have some opportunity to kind of uh, develop myself and, and comp- compete for internal opportunities here. So I see myself here for quite some time. I, I don't, yeah, I can't even imagine what else looks in the future. I, I, I think, I think just maybe some projects that are water industry related, more civic engagement. I look forward to that more um, the community based um, involvement, just me on a kind of a, you know, I always kind of got that like, civic kind of i was i was a congressional intern before i I've, I've, i was doing a lot before i left salinas on um their chamber of commerce they had a young professionals group that we were just uh, kind of kicking off again i got some certification uh state certification advisory committees that i'm um i'm on and so i just look to kind of expand in that way steve a little bit more not not i'm not there's no next kind of next title for me there's kind of a you know, I'm assistant operating officer, so there's a deputy version of this. So, but I, I look more now of of these um, maybe supporting nonprofits or being you know 
just a helper and a person in the community now. I just kind of lay some roots down and um, enjoy that part of, of the work. That's awesome, man. So to me, like you, um, you really, I think you really know what you like, right? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of people are just, they're, they're just constantly soul searching, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 um, and for you, like, it, it seems, it seems like just to come natural to like, you know, uh, Hey, this is what I want to do. Right. And, you know, you're open to whatever it takes to get to that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. or, just, or just see how that puzzle piece would fit into your life or like, mm-hmm. you know, does that, does that brick belong in your path? And and if not, mm-hmm. like it's not for you, so you don't, you don't set it. And so any, um, any just encouraging words and we'll end it with it. We'll end it with this. Um, any encouraging words to those that are just like, they're not moving, right? They're, 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 their feet are heavy on the ground, right? They're not moving. They want to do more. Um, what, what has helped you just to help, you know, just kind of make those decisions. I understand that like you're op- like, you know, you don't have a lot of roots, you know, the places that you go. And so that makes you a little bit more flexible and, and willing to go other places. It's easier for you to do that. But like for those that might not be uh, in that same position and have, they're just surrounded by their family and, and uh, don't want to get into that conversation about like them possibly moving with the family uh, or they just really like where they're at um, mm. encouraging words to them. Because like you said, it, it's, if you're, if you're willing, like I tell all the guys at, at Watsonville because they're all homegrown Watsonville guys, they want to move up. They're going to have to go somewhere else. And that might sound crappy to, you know, to some of these guys, but it's just, it's the truth because there's only so much room, you know, at the top. And so if they're going to want to do that, they're going to have to go to these different places and get those opportunities, other places. And, you know, and and like you said, you just kind of bunny hop into each step along the way, you know, vertically. But, you know, if you're kind of stuck where you're at, there's still got to be some, uh, I guess, encouraging words or kind of motivation to like get these people to like kind of keep going as opposed to just settling in the position they're at and just being okay with a little bit of movement they get or their 5% increase each year. Like, you know, what, what do you say to those, those, those people that, that they're on the, they're on the fence with either going to a surrounding agency uh, or just kind of sticking it out? How do they make the best of that? Yeah, I think you, if you do have kind of that stuck feeling, um, I would, my advice to folks is, 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 is that's natural. I think it does happen in, in your kind of journey in this career. Um, and it's just, it's good to, that's your, I feel like that could be your mind or your body telling you something. And it may not to be, it may not to, it may not for it to be making like a geography, geographical change, but identify what that is that kind of feeling what exactly is it that you want is it just other titles it just maybe more responsibility is it bigger staff or whatever i would my recommendation is to meditate on that reflect on that see what it is and 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 if it if it's enough that it bugs and it bothers you be intentional and purposeful around around that it's okay to we all have responsibilities to our families, our communities, but it's okay to honor yourself, take care, self-care, do the things to address your needs. And because you can be a better steward, you can be a better operator, you can be a better mechanic, you can be a better instrument tech, 
when you are full and happy in, in, in yourself. And I'm, I'm throwing around a lot of kind of platitudes and just kind of generic stuff, but yeah. uh, I, I think that if something's bugging you, there's a reason. Don't ignore it. I, I wouldn't put that away and just say, no, nah, I can't do that right now. Yeah. I would say, look at it, focus it, study it, make it, make a plan. It could be a five, 10, 20 year plan, but it's okay to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to acknowledge it. So even okay to, vocalize man i don't think you know i'm just saying i don't think this is going to be a good spot for me yeah and i play it out you know i think i worked for why that worked for me is that there's places i'm like ah i know what i know i know if the shoe fits or not and you know yourself what's bugging and what's not or what's great and if something is 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 constantly on you that's more of a distraction and can take away your work take away from your work and your relationships more than anything else absolutely yeah. And, and, and I've got, I've had a lot of those opportunities with, you know, with Waterwise Pro and, you know, people pulling me in different directions and, oh, you should do this and you should do that. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I, I like where I'm at. Right. And it's like, you know, Dorothy and the, you know, the yellow brick road. Right. And uh, it not to date us even more, but like she's, she's got her path and it, it's, you know, it's to get to the end and follow the yellow brick road. Right. And it's just like, everyone's trying to pull her off the scarecrow, the tin man, right. Even Toto. Mm-hmm tries to pull her off the road and you know those monkeys are trying to pull her off of it too at the end it's kind of like like if you have your path your favor's on your path right yeah and the yeah. favor on your person so like there's people rooting you right that are bigger than us right they're rooting for you and mm-hmm. and that path is is sometimes very clear but when you have all this noise around you yeah. just stick to the path and, and play mm-hmm. it out right and mm-hmm. uh and don't get distracted and uh you know some people like we, we, were, we were saying like right now like some people just don't even know where to go. Just go forward and, yeah. and, and that's it. Right. And then all this other, you know, decisions are going to come along the way, but as long as you're moving forward, you know, you're going to have a great journey and, yeah. you know, and I think that's what you've had, uh, Greg. And, you know, I'm so, so thankful that you, you know, shared your story today and super inspiring. I think I'm going to go sign up for, you know, a dozen classes right now yeah. and a dozen more exams. Yeah. So, sure. so I appreciate you, man, for being in, in my, in my journey. And, uh, and again, man, thank you so much for today. Yeah. Likewise, Steve, man. And, um, yeah, I mean, even I'm, I'm sure in a indirect way, you know, seeing your materials, is like, uh, uh, you know, gave me the confidence to open up the books again and, and kind of look at stuff and, start practicing, you know, kind of the questions you put on there, like, man, do I know this? And, and so, uh, you know, yeah, the, the journeys always come in a little bit of self-doubt and uncertainty in the moments, but um, I, this is such a hallmark thing, but yeah, if you are true to yourself and you know you have, you know what your purpose is and um, you will have some kind of times that are not as exciting, but stick with it, man. I think, um, at least for me, um, it worked out in, in some good ways. Yeah. Good stuff, man. All right, Greg, we'll call it a day, man. And uh, I can't wait to see you on the other side. And hopefully in person, we can, you know, bro hug it out one of these days when this COVID goes away. And uh, I hope you take care of yourself, man. And uh, thanks again. Yes. Same to you, Steve. Uh, Take care, man, and be safe and and, uh, be well. And and thanks, man. Thanks again. Thanks. Peace.